Well, hello. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Soberland. I am Lindsay Callen, and today's guest is... John Ozelay. John Ozelay. I'm glad you said your name because it's I'm tricky. always nervous. Yeah, it's J-O-N-O. Yeah, so a lot of people go Jono, which is phonetically how it should be, but it's like Bono, but with but, a J, and I hate that he's my name, a doppelganger. Jono? Yeah. Jono's your name. Okay, got yeah. it. That's a that's helpful, Bono. I know, it's a, it's helpful, but other than I have to bring <laughs> bring up Bono. Yeah. yeah it kind of sucks. Mm, yeah. Well, um, cool. Thank you for uh, for being here today. Of course. And uh, so you are, are you doing comedy full-time now? Yeah. Yeah, or you've been doing that for a while? Sort of. Like, there's all, it's stand-up's pretty tough to, to like, make an incomplete living on unless you're touring a ton or on TV a lot. So when I was living in New York, I, I went, quote-unquote, full-time in 2012. Yeah, let's start, let's start from the beginning, because I don't even know. How long have you been doing comedy for? I guess... 12 years wow like I, I basically started when I moved to Boston for grad school did it all through grad school for six years moved to New York uh, to do it full-time mm-hmm. and then I've been here and then I was there for five years then I've been in LA for a year okay nice um, and what have you you've been like featured on some stuff too right for stand-up like the Eno Vino, Vino Basement, for one. Oh, yeah. I mean, of, yeah, the, <laughs> of the prestige shows in Los Angeles. Yes, I have been on the Oino Vino <laughs> the open uh, mic. Special, specialized mic spots. Yeah, but what, but you've been on some like serious shows too, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I was a Comedy Central comic to watch oh. a couple years ago, and then I've done, a, you know, 30 or more comedy festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, and such, and then some writing stuff, but nothing, not, not famous. I think you're famous. <laughs> Until this Until podcast, podcast breaks. Well, we're going to have like a hundred listens. Yeah, that will take you over the edge, I I'm mean, sure. every listener counts. Yeah. We definitely. love you. Or I do. I don't know. I love you too. Um, and so you didn't go to school for like acting or writing or any kind of performing arts what did you go to school for neuroscience that's interesting yeah it was all right um how how far did you get i got uh i got my phd oh my gosh so you're like a doctor technically i'm completely useless i don't do i'm non-practicing even when i was like in academic research i couldn't help anyone wow so actually, I should talk to you because I've had like four concussions. Oh shit! Yeah. So have I actually. I'm a, I'm in the concussion study that's at Boston University where I went to grad school, because I you know was going to grad school there for neuroscience and I like football, the sport, and played football in high school and got several concussions. Mm, I did not play football, but I still got several concussions. What from? Mostly from drinking. Interesting. And, and falling and. That'll do it. All sorts of things like that but yeah, i also got one from a bike accident like it's they're yeah they're not uncommon well once you get one it's like easier it gets easier mm-hmm. and easier like one time it just like a pole fell like a curtain rod fell on my head which really i don't think would affect the average person but for mm-hmm. me i like saw stars and yeah stuff. I, yeah i had to go to the er so yeah um so when did you make that change from neuroscience to comedy i mean i, I 
honestly started them both at the same time. Oh, so... So I transitioned in the sense that, like, when it was time to pursue one career over the other, it was six years in. So I had been... I applied... I just started doing open mics in San Diego, where I'm from, and I applied to graduate schools in cities where I could do stand-up. Because I was interested in it, but I didn't know if I could make it a career or not, and I was also interested in science... So I was like, oh, you know, two birds, one stone, go to a cool city, do research, do mics, figure it out. Hmm. And then, like, by the time I was done with grad school, comedy was more fun. Yeah, I can imagine. (laughs) And it seemed a little bit financially viable at that point. At least a little bit. How so? Like, can you, do you ever, like, imagine what your life would be like if you had stayed Stayed with that? Academia? Yeah. It'd be pretty boring. I also probably could have still done comedy in, in to an extent. Like, I just would have had to make some sacrifices and pursue it less hardcore. But, I mean, I love traveling, and so it's... I, I kind of justify in a sense that, like, if I was making more money, I would be spending it on travel, whereas now I get paid to travel, mm. so it kind of is a net wash. Yeah. Uh, you would have, like, probably a wife and, like, three kids. Oh, please. Living in the hills. Doing um, brain surgery? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Academic research does not make you that much money, and it certainly isn't great for dating either. Comedy's mm-hmm. much better, better for that. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Do you date a lot of comedians? No. Oh, actually, that's like a rule of yours, right? Yes. When do you want to get into our okay, origin yeah, story? Yeah. So actually, so today we're going to talk about dating. We actually met on a dating app. Mm-hmm. I think it was Bumble. Probably Bumble. Maybe like. A year, two years ago? I think it was when I was still living in New York, but was visiting Los Angeles. So that's when we first matched. Because I think we matched before when I was here visiting, and then like we matched again when I moved here. Oh, okay. If I'm remembering correctly. But yeah, like basically we matched when I was in LA a little over a year ago. Yeah, and I I think on my profile, there was like, I mentioned that I did comedy. Uh And so you just like, I remember you, like from the beginning we're like I don't date comics but yeah. you're like do you want to like hang out yeah so that kind of I was like okay you don't date comics but you want to go on a date so yeah like I wanted to like meet you I guess like it was it was okay. a uh, like as a welcome peer in, in our community well, yeah I get uh, it you're new and like in this new city you're just trying like, to meet people like, yeah like it was it was like yeah hey, we'll hang out I'm not trying to you know mm-hmm date anyone in, in my in my industry and so I was yeah pretty I, I usually when I find out someone's a comic I was like mm, shut it down did something happen that no I think it? nothing dramatic I have dated comics before mm-hmm. like uh, in New York I did a comic for a couple years and then I did an ex uh, comic or a filmmaker who used to be a comic which was actually great and fine um, in that regard but like I was lucky in the sense that every comic that I've had a relationship with has ended well but like they can often not, mm. and also there's a, like a um, I don't know like I, I, I it's not a like written in blood rule right. of mine, but like in general, try to avoid frivolous. Right, I mean, you know, don't date where you work, kind of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. I get it. So, is there a specific type that you usually do? 
do you go for like actors then? Oh, like of the personnel of the professions and yeah, in LA, I mean, of the things of the of the things of the people who are on dating apps. Do you go for like the yoga teachers or the festival girls? You know what? <laughs> there's you. I, I wish I could say there's a whole great diversity of people on dating apps, but unfortunately, they are mostly mm. actresses or improvisers or what or yoga yeah. or etc. Um, there are a lot of producers. Mm. I, I, one that I find pretty common that I could not tell you what it is, creative director. What is a creative director? I should know this because I went to school for advertising, but I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, me neither. If they think they like... No one, none of them that I've t- chatted with have ever been They able don't know to what they do either? In a way, or like they probably know and, and just unable to articulate it. But I mean, it's the same with like my my brother's an accountant. I don't know what he does, yeah. Like on a day to day basis, like I know generally he works with numbers and spreadsheets, but it's one of those like nebulous things of just like you do a thing in business or whatever, and you use certain skills like yeah. project manager. Right. So vague. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. What could mean so many different things. Yeah. Um, so, what dating apps are you on right now? Uh, the main, I want to say three. I, I oh, do. Wow. Uh, I don't often use them. I like kind of go through spurts of like deleting them or not. But mm-hmm. like I'm currently using Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge. Yeah, Hinge is like the new one that I feel like is, I don't know, the favorite among women at least. I I, I tend to like it more than the others. Yeah. Because the others seems just pretty passive and and frivolous and like you have to like swipe through hundreds of people before you match anyone that's even remotely you know, compatible, mm-hmm. whereas Hinge seems a little bit more tailored to like, oh, here's actually people you might be interested in. Right. Uh, and it, and, it, and it, it makes you, you know, look at their whole profile first before actually saying, oh, swiping yes or no on one picture. Yeah. And yeah, it, it seems like a, it limits like the amount, you're not like swipe, you have like, a, I don't know, a certain amount of swipes a day, which mm-hmm. is good portion control, good resolution building, uh, app to use yeah so you only swipe when like you really want it exactly or like the person so i i do the same thing i go through phases where i delete the app currently all the apps are deleted off my phone congratulations it feels great it feels so good <laughs> i think i did it like new year's eve i i was reading this book and it's all about like surrendering control of you know your life and trusting the universe and you know that one of those kind of books uh-huh. and i've done that so much in so much of my life already like with drinking and it's you know kind of dominoed into other parts of my life including dating so i felt like i should kind of release some of that control because i i don't know i just i also feel like it brought me down a lot it, it can definitely I don't know, bring some depression or disappointment because you're just swiping, there's rejection, mm-hmm. you meet up with the person, there's disappointment because they don't look or act like you thought, and it's mm-hmm. just like, what? So I found it to be a waste of time. It is a big time suck, and it, it does feed into certain addictive like mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, I, I agree, it's yeah. not, not, not exceptionally healthy unless you're using it in a healthy way or... Or, or you need it. <laughs> right. I was on Raya, and I was just on there basically to see what celebrities I came across, because I always thought that was fun. Oh, is that the celebrity one? Yeah. How did you get on that one? I, you have to know someone that's on it, and they have to refer you, and then you have to be, like, approved, and then you it's, like... Reference it. You have to have references. Mm-hmm. And then it's, like, $8 a month. But I've seen, like, John Mayer on there. Um, the last Bachelor guy, Nick, he was on there. I mean, L.A. is, like... 
huge. I think mean, that's like the biggest, other than New York, maybe like concentration yeah. of famous people that you can swipe with. So that was like the the only reason I was on that one is because it was just fun. But um, I feel like the most the one that was like I don't know the most compatible for me was Hinge. But so who yeah. who referred you? Um, my friend. Oh, she's not famous. My friend Christina. I went to college with. She. Okay. Yeah. So. Is it? So, like, you could theoretically refer someone as well. Are you trying to ask me to refer you? No, not necessarily. <laughs> I'm not ruling it out. But I'm curious. Like, I just, like, it's just anyone. It's not like you have to have reach a certain level I, of, you like, have to be, Well, I think they look at your Instagram profile, and they you have to have, you know, certain a amount certain amount of, like, followers and be somewhat in the industry. Because you can also make a social, like, a, a work profile in addition uh, to, like, a social dating one. So you can kind of network, too, so some collaborations you could you know yeah um trying to collaborate with scarlett johansson i have a lot of projects in mind for her (laughs) what kind of projects oh i mean ones that uh, that we can't talk about on this (laughs) g-rated podcast ones that uh what's his face on snl can't oh yeah they're dating i don't know how yeah Um, my projects are better than his scar joe and she's listening (laughs) hit me up um, Slide in my DMs. I'm sure she will. So, yeah, I currently have them deleted, and it feels really good. Uh, it's one of those things where, like, with Instagram, I'll do the same thing where I'll open up my phone and I'll immediately go there, even if I didn't initially open up my phone to go on Instagram. It's just, like, a habit. Mm-hmm. And I would do that with dating apps. Just I was, if I was sitting there in traffic, just mindlessly. Yeah, it is. It's a little, it's candy. Yeah, so I feel a little bit more, like, in reality and connected in the world. But I've deleted them before, and so I know how this is going to go. Like, after a month, I'm going to mm-hmm. be like, you can't meet anyone in real life. Mm-hmm. This is the only way to date, and then I'll bring them back, probably. Probably the best is, like, to get some matches, get their numbers, so you're only talking with them and, mm-hmm. like, see how they play out. That's probably what I will do. It's like, I have been swiping, you know, a little bit. And so it's just like, I, should, I don't need to swipe anymore. Like, focus, like, <laughs> there's no way... You can like analyze who you're supposed to date by like continuing to swipe indefinitely. Right, right. You do eventually have to see these people. (laughs) (laughs) As much fun as it is to just have a virtual relationship. Yeah. And that brings me to the next thing is first dates, Mm -hmm. which have been a very different experience for me since I've been sober. Um, because you can probably agree with this, but like ninety nine percent of the time on a first date, it's like to go get drinks, mm-hmm. and it's like drinking related. Yeah. So obviously, I don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's been a whole new world. I've gone on like coffee dates. Like my favorite mm-hmm. thing to do is like get coffee or bring my dog and do like a walk around Silver Lake or Echo oh, Park. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. And it's it's good. It's usually like about an hour of a walk, and then like you know if you like the person or not or if you know you're whatever but so that's been a thing um what are dogs are real like because people love dogs yeah i mean like i've swiped right at people for their dogs alone yeah yeah and do you have one in your profile i forget well i don't have one right now a profile but i mean like when when i did i think i yeah uh, i think i did have a picture of truman yeah I wasn't he was even... a beautiful dog. We should all you should put a post a picture of him on yeah. here. Yeah, we talked about him on here. He's okay. the um, the mascot of mental health. Okay. He's got anxiety, but <laughs> um, but so what kind of first dates do you go on? Are they typically at a bar? Yeah, generally speaking. Yeah. Um, 
there's the occasional like coffee scenario, mm-hmm. the walk thing, but depending on the scheduling, like if it's evening bar, if it's like afternoon, like park or um, sometimes museum, I've taken museum. I don't know if it was a first date. I might've been a second date. Oh, okay. Yeah. But like coffee uh, or tea, whatever, some sort of place where it's like quiet and you can talk. Yeah. So you drink occasionally, not like... Um, I do. But um, have you ever been on a date with someone that doesn't? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I don't think... I don't... Nothing's coming to mind as like a, oh, remember that sober person (laughs) just ruining my fun. (laughs) So it's not a big enough deal where it like stood out as like, oh, I can't date this person because they're Mm -hmm. sober scenario or like it was extremely hard or awkward or anything like that. So I've definitely... And I'm, I'm, you know, trying to cut back on drinking a little bit this year. New year, new me. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, suggesting more coffee dates than I would normally. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, you know, it, it does, like, because I do drink a lot. And I'm at bars most nights because of comedy. Mm-hmm. So if, the, if a person doesn't drink, like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't think I've ever, you know what? Actually, I take it back. I did date someone who took a year off of drinking, and that was the year that I dated her. Okay. So, and it was never an issue. Oh, it wasn't just one date? It was, it like was, a... it was the comic, actually. Oh. So, like, she'd be at shows as well, just having water or soda or whatever, and she could still hang and be it when I was drinking. It was, she never got on, you know, my ass about it, so. Yeah. And it was uh, never an issue. Okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is sometimes a little bit of an awkward, awkward conversation because guys will say, "Do you want to get a drink?" Like that's usually their first question when they ask mm-hmm. me. I'm like, "Oh, I don't really drink," but then most of the time they're understanding. Yeah. Um, there have been a couple guys on dating apps where I can tell they like lost interest, but then it's like I don't want to date you if that's like that big of a deal. Sure, like there, it shouldn't be like if you're compatible enough to be together, you shouldn't have to rely on alcohol to be the indefinite lubricant of your relationship Mm -hmm. because it it can certainly help ease in for the first date like as a social lubricant it is helpful yeah and i don't have that anymore right that's so yeah so i have to deal with like those nerves full on which i remember like the first date i went on sober which was like this guy i ended up dating for a few months but i was so nervous it was like it was horrible but when it was over like i couldn't even decipher if i liked him or not because i was just so like proud of myself for going on a date sober like that was all I really cared about <laughs> baby steps you know you yeah. got like that first uh, accomplishment I was like I did it yeah, yeah. it's like a 12 step program for dating yeah. it's like step one go on a date, first date mm-hmm. sober and then like you know all this other stuff and yeah. like hooking up for the first time sober that's that's another one. Ooh, yeah. That's another first. That's another step. <laughs> well, okay, wait. We jumped a little bit ahead. We're still okay. on the first date. All right, okay. all right. So go. Ahead. <laughs> but um, so yeah, it is difficult. It's getting easier for me the more that I do it. But I think also with dating sober, um, I know pretty quickly if I'm into the guy or not because mm. I'm like fully there. I can tell when before he'd be like drinking and whatever. And your mm-hmm. judgment is altered. Oh, true. You know. And, or you, so then you end up just sticking around for like two or three months when really <laughs> oh yeah I've, I've wondered that myself where it's like I'm am I continuing to date this person just because I was enjoying myself while drunk or was it because I actually connected with them? right it's certainly like I guess you'd have more clarity mm-hmm. being sober yeah in that scenario yeah I can yeah so that's one thing which has been nice it saves me time I'll be like oh like 
I don't really see this going anywhere. I'll give him like, usually by like the second date, I'll be like, eh, no, or, you know, I'll know by then. So that's been something different. Um, <laughs> what? I don't know. I'm just laughing at the whole scenario. What? I don't know. It's a, you know, it's a interesting challenge. What, what, what first dates have you been on? Okay. I mean, so, my... so I dated one guy, the guy I told you about the first date that I was very nervous about. Uh huh probably three months into sobriety because right. I, I needed some time. That was probably even too early. Oh, sure. I mean, I bet jumping straight into dating after becoming sober might be like pretty tough to like just get used to yourself sober, mm -hmm. like rather than yeah. just all those other social situations and other people. Yeah. I, I yeah. can see how you'd want to settle in. Yeah. I feel like that <laughs> even three months was like too early, but, and then, so he was sober too. So that was nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like that. That was like basically the only reason I was with him, but, um, we ended up dating for like two or three months. And then recently I went on two first dates, like, uh -huh. and, um, one of them I actually talked about on the podcast, which you said you have not listened to, so I'll fill you in real quick. <laughs> I didn't want to jinx it. Okay. I went, um, met this guy on a dating app, and he invited me to like this like party for the movie First Man with Brian oh, Gosling. Oh, like a, a screening? Like a, or It was a screening and then an after party. Okay. And so all these industry people were there. And is he in the industry? He is. He's a nice. writer. Is he Ryan Gosling? No, but Ryan Gosling was there. What? So... Yeah, and I was so excited. That's a power move for, a, for such, a date. It was a great first date, and I was <laughs> super excited about it. And um, then he, uh, I think I was mostly excited because Ryan Gosling was there. But I mean, then, certainly, I mean, yeah. that's like Ryan Gosling. The only thing that can supersede a dog and getting someone to go on a date with you. Yeah, he definitely stole the show. But then he asked to hang out on New Year's Eve, and I ended up blowing him off because I wasn't feeling great and I was like very nervous about my first New Year's sober. That's a pretty big ask for, what was that, the second date? Yeah. Yeah, that's, you can't go, you gotta be dating for like a month before you go New Year's plans. I mean, we had talked about it on the first date and so it was, it seemed natural to him, but I just okay. wasn't, I wanted to stay, have a chill New Year's because it was, I was, you know, my first one sober. Mm -hmm. So I was surprised that he asked me uh, out on a second date. Um, after I blew him off, but wow. he he like picked this fancy like French restaurant and asked me to go to dinner, and I was like, sure, that sounds nice. So we went. This was last week. I went on this date, and it was it wasn't as like it wasn't flowing like I had hoped. You know, the first one was really fun, but it was very unique situation. Sure, yeah. But so, but it was okay. I mean, I could tell he was definitely nervous. He ate like two things of butter, which kind of grossed me out. <laughs> like not straight like on bread maybe? with bread yes okay yes. but i think he was just nervous things like i could get past you know me a nervous <laughs> butter eater <laughs> but this is what this is what got me the check came and he grabbed it and he was like so do you want to go to splitsville on this and uh... immediately lost a hundred percent interest he became a hundred percent less attractive to me wow he lost it all there so you're a traditionalist you're an anti-feminist i'm not an anti-feminist you're a bad feminist no no there is a couple of things i don't know okay so first of all i didn't think it was fair because he had like a glass of wine and like a more expensive meal <laughs> and like wanted to get an appetizer so i you know and he we ended up splitting it right down the middle but um sure. so then 
we left. I paid for my half, of course. I was like, whatever, just get me out of here. And um, I had parked at his house, which was like around the corner. So we went back and he started like to try stuff. And I was like, no. (laughs) And um, it was really awkward because we were only like an hour and a half into the state. We just had dinner. And it's like, I couldn't say like, I got to go home. It's late or, you know. My dog's yeah, been there the, forever. The dismount is pretty tough. So, Although dog is always a great excuse no I mean, matter what. I was only there for like an hour and a half, but so I just I went with the honesty card and I was like, I'm just getting the friends vibe for with you. Oh no. Yeah. And it was he was upset and it was very awkward and I left and um then he, he continued to ask me out. He asked me to go see a movie, which I did not respond to the text. And so he called me yesterday. He's very persistent. He called me yesterday and left me a voicemail that he um, thought that he had an idea of why the second date didn't go well and he wanted to tell me what he thought about it, like why he thought Okay, why I should get a mulligan. Yeah, so I was like, okay, I'll call him back. So I called him and he he said that he thought it was because he hadn't been on a first date sober in a really long time and so he was very nervous and... Wait, he's not a sober person but he just went sober date? Because you are? Is that the deal? He's not sober, and he had a glass he was drinking on the date. Oh. Yeah. On, on the first date? The first and the second. Well, then, blah. Which I was like, yeah, come yeah, on. Can't not, you just not drink for... You're not sober. So, like, what? whatever. Go ahead. So, I was like, no, that's not the reason. Do you want me to be honest? And I told him, I was like, it's just, I am a traditionalist for some... I just, when you didn't, you know take out or cover the bill yeah i just lost interest i don't know like you Mm. asked me out in the state right and it's only the second date it's really in my mind the first because it's like the first time we're sitting down having like a conversation yeah you know he didn't have to pay for anything on the first one yeah it's i it's um what are your thoughts on yeah paying so certainly it is unsustainable to do that indefinitely but I generally pay for stuff within reason until the woman offers. Okay. As in like, you know, if we're on our third or fourth date and they're like, oh, let me, let me chip in for this. I'll be yeah. like, all right. Yeah. Or whatever. I, I, especially if I'm the one initiating, like I'm not like, hey, do you want to come to this thing with me or go to see this movie or museum or whatever? Like I'll, I'll pay for it if it's, you know, because uh, I initiated whatever it was my ask. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, if it, I would bring it up if the woman did not offer, probably after like a month, five or six days, oh, whatever, wow. whatever it okay. is. Like it, it can't go on forever. But like, there's a definite time where you don't want to rush it. Mm-hmm. And like, first dinner date, maybe cover. Yeah. I, yeah, I say definitely at least the first three dates, and then maybe yeah. the girl can, you know, whatever. Like, there's there's a sweet spot between the third and fifth date where it's, like, a good time to, like, establish whatever policy. Yeah. Or even, like, if I, I've been on first dates where a woman is, like, oh, if we go to, like, two bars or whatever, it's like, oh, I'll get this tab, and then, like, we'll go to get, like, one more nightcap at a second bar or mm-hmm. something, and be like, okay, I'll get the next one yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so... 
And I, I've, I'm sure there's been a case where like a woman just never offers, and it's also been a thing where it's just like, does this woman just expect me to pay indefinitely? Right. And that's a bit of a turnoff. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm not your sugar daddy. I'm a poor comic. Yeah. Like I, yeah. we're in this together. If you want to be my partner in a relationship, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So like, there's, I can see why like a, a woman might be a, a turned off by a man asking to split first or second date. Yeah. But also like from my male perspective by date six like what's happening yeah i mean it definitely killed the whole vibe it was like this romantic restaurant and just like just great food and yeah and then just let's split the check like oh no but um that that split was a wedge between you yeah it really split us up um so yeah i told him that and he kind of he was very understanding he like yeah. Uh, he pulled the whole like feminist card thing. <laughs> what a great move! Yeah, he was like, you know, in these... oh, I thought it was so progressive. Right, it's twenty nineteen now. Yeah, he was like, in these times, especially in LA, like I just I've had girls be offended, which I was like, what girls are offended that you want? Maybe they're out there. I don't know, but every friend of mine that I've told the story to was like, no one's shocked. Gonna, no one's going to be offended that you just pay for it they'll be offended if you turn them dead like if, if a girl insists and you say no i need to dominate you financially that's weird yeah <laughs> like like certainly like it as like a, even a lady like on the first date will offer to split like the drinks or whatever we're doing together and i'll be like oh no i got this and if like they follow up with like no i want to do it i like yeah you have agency you can like if you don't want me to have this financial thing over you mm-hmm. if that makes you feel comfortable yeah of course that's appropriate um yeah but like i'll i'll do the you know it's like the whole whatever there's there's a whole dynamic to it yeah yeah i know i agree with you like the first couple i think we're on the same page here but i just started to think like is it me because then before this the guy that i was dating for like two or three months the reason that we broke up was actually it there was a, other things we weren't compatible but like the fight that started it was about money so it's like two times in a row, it's this money thing has come up. And I swear, like, I don't care. It, I, it makes me feel like I'm like a gold digger. But I swear, <laughs> like, I I don't care about the money. It's about the right. effort. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's socialization as well. Like, yeah. we live in, a, in, like, if it had been, you know, raised differently, you know, there's a whole bunch of different weird cultural customs we have that like like it or not have made its way into our psyche where it's like if a man does this or that or if a woman does this or that it means they're more or less worthy yeah and and like certainly some of them are outdated but like we haven't gotten to a place now where it's automatic that a woman splits everything right right yeah so but once we do oh man it'll be great and (laughs) I just want to reiterate that it's not about the money. Isn't it, though? No. no. no I know. It's I know. about the effort. Like, even if you, like, put together a picnic in the park, mm-hmm. I would actually prefer that over, like, a fancy restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know? It's just putting an effort and showing that you care. That's all I want. Don't make me split the bill. Sure. You know, actually, I've, I've seen some women on dating apps who say, like, I need an alpha male. And I'm just like, wow. Oh, wow. That is an alpha move to just That's... demand that this male be alpha. Or yeah. whatever. Or, like, I'm a traditional woman. I need to be treated like a lady. I need an alpha male. It's like, all right. I mean, like, that is a big turnoff for me. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, you're so rooted in this socialized view of the gender norms. It's like, I'm happy to play, the, you know, like, 
be the quote unquote traditional male in the dating partner scene for the initial part as we're talking about but like I do not need the status of being like I'm I'm your man you yeah know? like that that's the kind of whole like yeah it seems like a whole psychology that I didn't want, like know. what do you do you imagine them being like they want to be like stay-at-home wives and yeah okay or and like I just call it like the second they started and like the guy starts calling hey babe they, mm. like just like oh man yeah it's uh so that's a turn off for you kind of yeah because it, it's just not, I can tell that, that it wouldn't be compatible with the way they view the world mm. um yes what they're else? not empowered enough in themselves you know what you know it's a huge turn off for me especially in the dating apps mm-hmm any amount of Snapchat filters, but um, more than one is like a definite no. Hmm. It's, it just, it seems, it's, I mean, like, it, um, also, I mean, like, the, the amount of uh, age differentiation really dictates that as well. Yeah. Because, like, I'll dip into the 20s. Like, I, I usually have a 10 year window. How old are you? I'm 36. Okay. So I'll go to like 27 and up or mm-hmm. whatever. So, like, no long, no younger than nine years or yeah. more. Um, but like the the ones that are in the twenties will generally have the uh, Snapchat filters more or the dog ears yeah. or the sparkly eyes or whatever anime stuff they do for themselves. <laughs> but like when it, when there's someone who's in their thirties who does that, it's like de- like I'll give you I'll like, I'll give you one Snapchat filter if you're under thirty. Okay. Any amount over thirty and you're done. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> it is. It's kind of like. It reminds me of like middle school or something like this. It's, high, yeah, it's very like juvenile. For sure, glamour shots. Yeah, like I, they they were bar- barely okay when you were thirteen. Yeah. Um, just keep that online for your friends. Don't to try to attract men with your anime eyes. I don't like when guys have too many selfies. Interesting. On their thing, I like when it's more. Like, yeah, like what a guy. Like, do you see a lot of? Uh, mirror selfies because like there's there's certain like I feel like every woman should have a or every person should have a variety of photos of themselves like here's one who's just a straight on here's my face mm-hmm. and here's me doing something that I like to do and here's me with my friends so you yeah. see what kind of people I hang out with um, and like maybe a couple of your face or whatever so you actually or like full body shot no matter what you're wearing what is your what is your whole personhood like that's actually something I've heard a lot from guys and mm-hmm. I think it goes both ways that people look different than their photos mm-hmm. oh and there you can also tell one thing what's a huge red flag is like if a woman has pictures of herself from the exact same angle for five pictures oh, yeah. it's like this is your angle there's no other way you look good yeah. okay, according to your own self-worth clearly something's going on now yeah yeah the but the selfies for the guys it just uh makes me feel like you have too much time on your hands or you're trying too hard i just would rather them be like natural candid photos so you don't need to see like a shirtless beach pic or anything like that with your tiger no you don't (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i forget what's on the line i think mine are just like pictures of me with of of my Mm -hmm. face like old not headshots but like headshot headshot like adjacent photos Mm -hmm. like there's some really good photographers that come to comedy shows Never, I do not put a shot of me on stage, um, uh, ever. Uh, maybe I have before when I was on the road or something, but I generally don't show myself holding a microphone, but like me off stage, hanging with friends or whatever. Yeah. One thing also is height, because I feel like there's a oh, lot yeah. of shorter guys on there because they can. That's the cool thing, like actually, that. like about 
like Hinge is a much more user friendly thing where it's just like you can show your height and mm-hmm. age and whether you drink, whether that's a good thing too. Mm-hmm. And you can filter who comes up based on that. Yeah, I can make that a deal breaker, I bet. Because you're, you're tall. How tall are you? 6'3. Six, 6'3. Three. Six, three, so that's rare to find on dating apps. Yeah. I mean, is it? I think so. <laughs> I mean, I had a friend tell me to put my height on dating apps mm-hmm. because she was so sick of short men or whatever. Yeah. It was like a suggestion. It was like, if you want more matches, put that you're six three. Yeah, I had a, a couple first like when I first started dating apps, I had a couple dates where guys were shorter. I'm tall, I'm five ten, so guys mm. were shorter than me. And then after that I always ask <laughs> It's not it's not unfair. If they don't if, well now now I mean you're wasting if if you're not attracted to short men and they are short, they're wasting your time and their time. Like, I, you're, they're whole... wasting everyone's time if you're incompatible. That's why like these compatibility filters on these dating apps are actually an innovation. Yeah. Where it's like, eliminate the deal breakers. But I sound so vain. I'm like, Certainly. I'm like, I care about money and I care about life. You're, but if that's who you are, you're allowed to be those things. No, but I'm not. You are. I'm not. You are allowed to be yourself on dating. Like, it's just because you don't have to pretend to be like, too much of dating is pretending to be someone you're not. It's just because I'm so tall. I feel like, yeah, and like that's the thing with like women are yeah, insecure about their height sometimes. Yeah. And I thankfully am their savior. Okay. Because I am 6'3 and there's rarely a, a 6'3 or a more woman. You are saving tall women all over I, Los Angeles. I will, I'm there for you, tall ladies. Great. Okay, let's get back to some more mental health focus talk. Okay. You sound like my therapist. Oh, yeah, you've been going to therapy. Yeah, for like five sessions, I want to say. Yeah, is it helping? Yeah, like there's not there's no like breakthrough I've had like because she's just been getting to know me and mm-hmm. vice versa and me the whole process. So oh, it's like, a female. It is. Ooh. I don't know. Like I would sort of assume that most therapists are female. Yeah. I would guess that it's more of a female dominated profession. I didn't I didn't specify like I, when I called the place I wasn't like I need this person and just like it was like who was available yeah yeah so that's cool so but she seems great um and i think so far and it's mostly getting to it's gotten me to think about myself and my issues more than i when i would just like emotionally stifle them Mm -hmm. previously so do you mind like talking about what kind of things you're talking about and working through in therapy yeah it it is sort of like dating stuff oh yeah so that works yeah. out well yeah, I mean it's, it's just like dating and professional stuff because like I'm I'm like at a crossroads in my life where I'm like I'm now 36 and I'm not married and mm. I like my career is going well but it's not like stable like I've I've had like writing work the last year and a half when I moved to LA but like there's no guarantee like I'm not writing for a show that's like gonna go for 10 seasons like it it uh or, Um, but yeah it's so I just don't have any career stability um, and I'm not married and like the things that I will have it's kind of like a balancing act where it's like if I focus more on dating am I going to sacrifice any career advancement and like the that kind of um, thing and like if am I holding myself back in 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 relationships am am I emotionally stunted to the where, where I'm sabotaging my own relationships that kind of stuff Due to like comedy or, the or other no, things? I mean like a little of both, yes. Like because like I I will sometimes probably purposefully 
sabotage like not purposely like like uh, subconsciously be sabotaging one thing or another for my desire to be on the road or mm. um you know my desire to keep doing stand-up or whatever yeah yeah okay because it is i mean it's a it's a profession that is not like great it's great for short-term dating but it's not great for long-term dating mm. like you know because you're out at night most nights you're out of bars you travel months at a time right did you so, expect to be married by 36? I mean, it depends. Like, my expectations have been completely skewed since, you know, when I was a teenager, I thought I'd be married by, like, 25. Right, Because right. it's, like, when everyone's parents got married or whatever. Yeah, I feel like it's more, it's becoming the norm to not yeah. necessarily get married so early and have kids and all that. Yeah. I think that I assumed I would get married in my mid-30s. Like, by, okay. by the time I was a full-on adult and I was, like, knew what I wanted to do with my life. I was like, I am not rushing into anything. I think it's foolish that people get married in their 20s at all. Yeah, I agree. Because they're not full humans until they're 30. Yeah. <laughs> they're still using goddamn Snapchat filters, for God's <laughs> sakes. They're not ready to be in a full-time relationship. Yeah. Um, so mid-third. Okay, we have one more year. Maybe ugh. it will happen for yeah. you. Yeah, so it's... But, like, but you also don't want to like miss that critical period because if you're in your... Like, I don't want to shame anyone in their 40s. Like, I'll occasionally go on dates with them, too. But, like, the uh, there is, a, like, sort of a critical window of, like, you don't want to be that, like, old creepy dude right. who, like, I've toured, like, I've been, I've opened for so many comics who are in their 40s or 50s, single or, like, open relationship or whatever it is where it's, like, you know, it's gross that they're, you know, single and hitting on women. Yeah. I mean, not that they're, not that it's gross to be single in 40 or 50. It's just, like, the well, comic specifically. Well, yeah, when you're like, a well-known comic, you get people yeah. of all ages, especially younger girls that want, like, photos or give you attention, yeah. and so... Them, actually, like, the famous ones actually excuse a little bit because, like, being famous is a wholly different ballgame. Um, I'm talking about the obscure 50-year-old comic who's, like, yeah. single and, like, trying to hook up after shows is kind of oh. gross. Like, didn't you see me? Wasn't I so funny? Like, yeah. Come back to my hotel room. Right. Yeah, yeah, that that I've seen too often to be yeah. like okay with it. Um, but it's totally fine if I do it now. At thirty six, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's forty the, is it's the, the cutoff. Forty is definitely the cutoff. Well, cool. Um, okay, I have to talk about one final thing that I talk about with everybody. Um, where are you at with reality TV? <laughs> oh, uh, I don't watch it. Uh, all right, I kind of expected that, so it's okay. Yeah. It uh, it just kind of formed into this topic that we talk about with <laughs> with one guest and then another and then now you so what are your reality TV? um i love vanderpump yes. rules which okay. is on tonight in 45 minutes um the bachelor starts tonight oh a new season new season oh is this the one with the chargers guy colton colton Oh, Colton Underwood? He, he plays for the Chargers? No, he used to. He was like a third string linebacker or whatever. I barely recognize his name. Oh. But he played for the Chargers, so it makes so much sense that he's a virgin. Oh, right. It's on right now, so we can watch it after. <laughs> and then finally, tonight, the Lindsay Lohan reality show premieres, which I'm really excited about. Oh, no. What's that about? <laughs> it's about her club in uh, Mykonos. And she's like the owner of it, and so she's like like she's operating a dance club. <laughs> yes. What's Mykonos? In Greece. Oh no. Yeah. Is she sober still? I think she is. I don't know. I will find out. So uh, I love reality TV. It's... I mean, I'm not gonna blame. I mean, like I, I, 
watch sports and that's pretty indefensible yeah that's like the guy version of it yeah okay it's fair. you know physical violence versus emotional violence it's a whole thing yeah all right well thank you for being on the podcast <laughs> thank you for having me i uh i think this is great we talked about a lot of yeah really deep things like bumble oh yeah optimizing profiles we helped some people i think we probably actually help people they're on there right now deleting those snapchat filter pictures yes please do yeah we did a good some good work today yeah all right we'll see you next time bye, bye.